0: Welcome to the shit show.
1: Welcome to the shit show.
0: Happy Thursday. Hi, Emma. Hello, Kelly. Have you ever heard the Tom Green song, The Backwards Man, The Backwards Man?
1: No, but can you please talk into your boob? Not that
0: boob. No, my boob doesn't work. Oh. So the Backwards Man is how I feel today. Everything that's that could go slightly off course is going off course. Okay. And so anyone who's watching, the benefits of mindfulness are in action today. I woke up an hour late after the alarm ringing for an hour. I had to jump out of bed, wake up both the kids, and they missed their train. I had to drive them into the city, but on my way to getting them to school, I had a car accident. No sweat pulled over. Everything is fine. Zen. The internet's not working at home. So I'm streaming on my phone. It's been a day. It's been, it's been a day. And without mindfulness meditation in my life in the last year, I would have been a wreck. Like yeah. Just getting up an hour late would have completely ruined my day. It would have set the tone. I would have been grumpy. I would have yelled at the kids. Uh, no. Not now, Kelly. Not today. (laughs) Um, And I I had a freaking car accident. And I was just like super calm about it. And I was like, you know, he braked suddenly. And I didn't turn beet red. And I didn't start screaming at him. And I was like, are you okay? We're okay. Here's my stuff. Here's your stuff. I'm going to take the kids to school. (laughs) They were shocked because a year ago i would have been already crying from being late right yeah and like not having the perfect lunch and all of these things and i was so zen and i was like either i'm really numb and it's gonna hit me when i get home and i'm gonna you know cry Mm -hmm. or i'm just like man shit happens (laughs) and then the internet i'm like man shit happens
1: so tell me one good thing that happened today so we can focus on that and
0: I think that's the thing. And I think that's the point. I've been focusing on all of the great things, like even, you know, waking up late and I'm like, Oh, cool. I get to drive the kids in and spend time with them. Mm -hmm. Like there was no negative thought. And that's why, you know, anyone who's skeptical about mindfulness or hears us talk about it and they're like, blah, blah, blah. What is that? It's all about meditation. And you know, it's not being mindful is just minding your reactions and your reaction is what you have control over and everything all of the contrast that was thrown at me I was like meh, meh, meh. and so yeah that's my story for today but the internet was the last job I was like okay I'm good with contrast but
1: but this is enough
0: but this is enough so if if, if I do this all night is because I really don't know where to look on the phone this is all new And lucky for Laura, our expert tonight, she gets to come on and the day, the theme of the day is shit show. So it's great. It's perfect.
1: And can you tell our listeners why shit show
0: is hilarious and perfectly fitting? Perfectly fitting. Well, Laura Martin, Kelly and I spoke with her almost a month ago now, and she is an IBS anxiety coach, and she'll be able to give you all of the details of her credentials. But we got to hear firsthand her story and... How that inspired her to, you know, to make a business of it. And so everything that's gut health, um, everything that's related to your pooper is what we're gonna talk about today. And it still fascinates me when people, you know, question the fact that gut health is important or that there's a direct link between mental health and gut health. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really excited about tonight's show because it's so important.
1: And you know what I find interesting is that all of our clients that come to us always when they come to us for weight loss, they also suffer from
0: IBS. Well, IBS or Crohn's or some type of, you know, um, gut related issue. And think about it. Think of all the junk, you know, that we put into our bodies. Think of the you know, we're not we're not. Fueling our body with nutritious foods we're chronic dieting and that's why Laura's on to talk about the effects of chronic dieting On your gut health. Yeah, you know like you try this diet That's a hundred percent meat. It's a hundred percent protein and You try that for 45 days or 60 days mm-hmm. and then you know you fall off the wagon and a couple months later You're going you know 100% gluten-free and then like your body's just your bowels your whole it's a shit show yeah and so you know that's why it's so important to uh to to dive into it to research it
1: yeah that's why we need to bring her on and i want to ask her tons of questions so can we without further ado give me a drum roll i don't want to i don't want to wanna the knock the phone out. down
0: kelly but oh that would be she hilarious a purple purple mic okay oh <laughs> welcome laura hello laura. Welcome to the
2: show <laughs> Hello ladies, how are you doing? Welcome nice to,
0: to our show. You. Yeah, <laughs> literally. And I think I manifested the 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 day so that it would match the theme. So yeah. Oh
2: yeah. my goodness. Well, I'm glad you're okay from the car accident. <laughs>
0: it's, it's fine. It was fine. It was just like, ugh, fine. But yeah, I think it's all mine. It's fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. It's We're all fine. fine. Yeah. <laughs> I I literally just looked at the kids and I was like, you good? you good okay and then we had to drive like two miles to pull over and i was like how can i text him or send him like a message through tele- telepathy telepathy and just be like here's my information i gotta go but tape it
1: to the window as you drive away
0: <laughs> just be like bye Zen. um welcome so- to the show laura and this is such an important subject so i'm gonna you know let you dive into your story Sure. Yeah. So
2: my name is Laura Patricia Martin. I am the creator and founder of Healing to Happy. And it's a luxury brand that helps women with IBS and anxiety heal using natural lifestyle, nutrition and mindset work. Oftentimes, we don't think about poop. And our emotions. They're very separate when that happens. But really, what I've learned over the long history of my own life and then applying these methods to hundreds of women is that they're very much connected because of the gut-brain connection and because of just how we relate to food and the anxiety that we have around it. When we actually free ourselves of those burdens, we're able to show up like the women we're supposed to be. Like it's wow. this freedom thing.
1: What what does that mean? That gut-mind connection?
2: What yeah. Does that? Mean? It's my bread and butter. So our gut and our brain are in constant communication with each other through this thing called the vagus nerve, which is our longest cranial nerve. Um, It runs from our brainstem to our gut, and it gives off these action potentials. So you don't have to tell your heart to beat, your food to digest, your lungs to breathe, any of that kind of stuff, it runs entirely on its own, which is one of the reasons it's called its second brain. It's just this thing that you don't have to tell how to work. And then the other reason is you have as many neurotransmitters in your gut as you do your brain. Um, the misconception is that, you know, that the serotonin in our gut is the same thing as our brain, that's not how it works. Um, it doesn't break the blood brain barrier, but the foods we eat do impact what happens in our brain Um, based off of different vitamins and minerals and how our organs are absorbing things and what our stress levels will then be related to. But we do have things like serotonin, which is our happy hormone, dopamine, which is our reward hormone, GABA, norepinephrine, the things that keep us calm, all that kind of stuff. And so we can't really address one without also discussing the other, except really in this industry, we chase them singularly as opposed to a whole unit approach, which is why we get stuck in little pickles.
0: I love that, but I want to know your story. How did you come to I'm sorry? Like, that was my fault. Crazy? I interrupted. I want to know, want to know what I'm led sorry. you to this because this is an unu- like not an unusual field, but unless you're a medical doctor
2: to yeah. be really diving
0: into what, what triggered this?
2: Yeah, I definitely did not grow up being like, Dad, I really want to talk about poop and my emotions <laughs> my whole life. That was definitely not the vibe. Um, my own journey. So at 24. I was at a rock bottom moment where I had two choices. I either kept going down the route that I was doing, which was being stuck in an abusive relationship, being stuck afraid of all foods. I was 40 pounds underweight. I had hyper and then hypothyroidism. I hadn't had a cycle at that point in three years. My hair was falling out in chunks so much so that my landlord thought I had a secret dog that I was hiding from her. Um, it, It was this whole hot mess. or. I could choose to take radical responsibility for my life and change the story that I was telling myself. I chose the latter. And from there I've been able to make yeah, and it's one of those things because we often see like well this is just the way, you know, my family history is. This is just the way, you know, my dad has this, my mom has this, my grandparents have this. This runs in my family. This is the only way I've known how to be. And we kind of hide inside of that. And so I was diagnosed with depression when I was 13 so i hid behind my emotion, my lack of emotional control because of that and then i was diagnosed with ibs at a very young age too so i blamed all of my disordered eating and my eating disorders on that because i was i was told your body's broken forever this is the way it's going to work but really at the same time i was in school right to studying nutrition and everything and learning about epigenetics meaning we get to control what turns our genes on and off I learned how the microbiome can change within 72 hours, meaning wow. I'm not stuck with this if if I actually do the right things. And then I learned about neuroplasticity where our brain changes. So I was like, excuse me, doctor, <laughs> like, you're sending me very <laughs> signals here. And so from there, I've just been applying different methods and just like decided to not give up hope because if there are these other studies and there's things like that, that doesn't mean I'm broken anymore. And so for me, getting myself out of, that cycle of addiction and abuse and things like that was nutrition right and from there it started the self-development and means of creating a life that now i sit here being like how the heck did i get here like what the heck just happened um but nutrition for me was that kind of scapegoat and that was understanding the gut brain connection understanding how the gut works and understanding how my brain works so i can make peace with it
0: that's amazing that's a great story may i ask more questions emma yes
1: I don't want to, I don't want to interrupt the flow of words or Laura, but I have so many questions about this because, um, growing up, I always had the same thing that most women have, you know, like when you, when you get anxious or when you get, you know, you just always feel anxious and then it affects your stomach. And you said that, you know, you work with women with anxiety and then, you know, your gut health and stuff like that. How are, how is anxiety in your gut Is that because of all of the serotonin connection that you just talked about or did I not understand
2: Yes, kind of. But what happens is because of the enteric nervous system. So that thing of the wandering nerve and how when we get really excited or we get really scared, all of our blood flow then goes to our brain, our muscles, our survival organs, things like that. It does not go to digestion and it does not go to hormones because when there's a saber tooth tiger chasing us, we don't need to make babies. And we don't need to be digesting food like those are the last things we need to be doing during those times so when we have anxiety and our brain is just being like something feels like it's attacking me you know it's fight the fight or flight exactly we're stuck in our parasympathetic so our blood flow is then leaving where it needs to be going which is digesting food because if we need to break down foods you know for our body to function properly we need blood flow to go there and then when the blood flow isn't going there that's when we're not Breaking down food, so then we're seeing leaky gut happen, and then we're seeing mineral depletion. We're seeing vitamin vitamin depletion. We're seeing, you know, adrenals getting zapped. We're seeing thyroids being overworked. It's this whole. You gotta like know how the body is working to work your way out of it. But oftentimes it's like, oh, I have digestive issues. I'm just gonna go on the low FODMAP diet or try some type of elimination. Or I have something wrong with my brain. I'm gonna take some anti-anxiety medications or antidepressants and that's Mm -hmm. not the worst thing but it's like you're just putting a band-aid over the whole problem
1: yeah so one if they come in if somebody comes in with um ibs do you then sit down and talk about like their mom back in the day like what do you how do you you have at the same time
2: yeah so the method i work everyone through whether it's anxiety and depression whether it's autoimmunities whether it is ibs whatever it is i use the free method so f-r-e-e f is the foundation and that is the hardest thing for all of us to do because none of us want to look in the mirror you know for me even when i got into nutrition i still use nutrition as a means to distract myself from unexpectedly losing my mom and being in this abusive relationship like food and dieting helped me so obsessed And so distracted that I didn't have to look at that other stuff. So I use that. that You
1: can control things too,
2: Exactly. Exactly. It keeps me disengaged from the things going on in my mind. So looking at my mind and figuring out what my actual foundation was, I was like, I don't really want to do that. I'm just going to go do a candida cleanse. Like I'm not doing any of this stuff, you know? And so it depends where people are at, but really it is one of those things of what is the one thing you want to change? Like what's that biggest thing you want to change? Okay. Where did that start? And how is that impacting your day to day life? Whether that is what your weight, like, how do you impact that every hour of your day? Let's use nutrition, for example. So when when are you eating? How often are you eating? At what times are you eating? How are you feeling about what you're eating? How are you feeling after what you're eating? And it sounds like a lot, which is why people don't want to do it. And then we're sitting there and we're like, no, like I track it on uh, my my fitness balance. I'm like, I didn't ask you about calories. I don't care about that. Like, yeah. I care about how often and how frequently and what are you eating like? This is how we actually get down to the nitty ritty more often than not, because we've already at this point, we've already ran the tests. Right. We've, we know it's not parasites. We know it's not an overflow of Candida. We know it's not SIBO, anything deeper than that. And generally we don't know what's wrong with you, which is what irritable bowel syndrome is. They're like, we don't really know. Um, and so we work our way backwards from there. And then we can actually work on the body and reprogram it based off of neuroplasticity, based off of the microbiome, based off of epigenetics. And that's lifestyle and nutrition. It's not just, we're gonna, and this is why I couldn't ever do the like four Rs what that I would learned in school, which is like remove, re-inoculate, repair, replace, whatever it was. Um, because you're just starving things out, but you're not really focusing on what you're adding in to reprogram the body. You're not fixing the actual root cause, which is why we have to do the 21 days or the 30 days or wherever we're on. And then we get stuck in this cycle. You know what I mean? And because you're not actually addressing the met- metabolic issue that stemmed this issue or the gut brain connection that stemmed this issue or the vagal tone that stemmed this issue. Like you're just, taking it out for a walk for 21 days and then bringing it back and being, why did it piss on my couch? Like, it's, it's, the, same, it's the same thing. You just didn't train it while it was gone, you yeah. know? And yeah. so we have to take that approach. And then from there, we start to explore whether that's, you know, from, for anxiety purposes, what are your lifestyle choices? What are your thoughts around that? All that kind of stuff. And then eventually you're in the position of like, how the heck did I get here? Because it just evolves into your lifestyle. But for anyone starting out, you gotta do, you gotta look in the mirror. Like, and that's the hardest part and we all avoid it. And that's why we have these unstable foundations and we just, yeah. Oh. That, but
0: that's, a, that's a great point. And I, for anyone who's watching who hasn't been diagnosed with IBS and might not know that they have it, what are some of the symptoms? What are some of the things that could be occurring in their life so they can say, oh,
2: yeah. So let's break it down. Irritable bowel syndrome, irritable. Something's upset bowel in your colon syndrome it happens chronically this can be anything from you know bloating con- diarrhea constipation and um, this could be acid reflux gerd this could be hormonal imbalances this could be so many things because everything is originated in our gut right it's just the fact when it becomes chronic and impacting your life to a state that you don't go out anymore you know you don't feel confident in your clothes you're you don't have the mood control that you used to have you have this like like chronic fatigue that plays your mind. Like, there's sometimes when we just get bloated because we ate something. Like, specifically today, I drank a smoothie way too fast and I thought my stomach was going to fall out of my butt. Like, it was like one of those things. But I knew that was why, right? Because it's not like how it used to be where I couldn't leave my house or I didn't go to the bathroom for seven days at a time. Like, we're supposed to be pooping every single day within an hour of waking. Like, without coffee, without anything, you're supposed to be doing it one minimum three times maximum like that's just the way it's supposed to work but a lot of times it's like i don't do that like the thing if your doctor says like oh if you're pooping three times a week you're good i'm like that how many times a day do you eat that doesn't even make sense yeah no exactly and i'm like like you got to take radical responsibility and look at it and so irritable bowel syndrome as long as you have those you're chronically in a state of pain because of something that's happening in your gut. That's IBS and they come to you and it's the running thing in my field. You come, you do the test, you make sure it's nothing deeper because you really don't want to mess around when it comes to things of the guts. If it is Crohn's, if it is a parasite, if it is Candida, if it is, you know, SIBO, you want to make sure you get that taken care of, but you still have to do the work as to why did that bacteria overgrow to begin with? You still like, why is it there? Because we all have parasites, we all have yeast, we all have bad bacteria. Why did it overflow? But yeah. then you go through the test, and basically, the doctors are like, We really don't know what's wrong with you, which is why the running joke is like, IBS is BS. Yeah. Like, we don't
1: like, yeah. true. So, you just described every single symptom that everyone who comes to us has. They have chronic fatigue, they have hormonal imbalances, they have IBS, but this is all related, mm-hmm. is what you're telling me, basically. Yeah.
2: Because at the end of the day it's all related to our gut and it's all related to our metabolism what and have we done over reflux. our life yes yes i never would have i never would have yeah it's it's but your, esophagus.
0: Thinking,
2: yeah, it's the it's your esophagus yeah
0: it's your esophagus yeah
2: it's your esophagus and it's because like what acid reflux is a lot of people are like oh i have too much stomach acid that's not what it is it's it's your stomach lining is now so weak and your esophagus sphincter sh- fun word, um, is so weak, (laughs) that you're now feeling your normal amounts of acid. It's not that you have too much. And the more PPIs you take and the more medications you take, you're actually weakening the layer even more. So it's just gonna get worse over time. And so you're stuck in this trap. But really what you have to work on is sealing and healing that gut lining, getting your metabolism back in order, making sure this esophagus is more strong um, and getting things down so that the acid doesn't burn you as much as you're feeling it right now
0: is that, does it have anything to do with your body's ph levels
2: yeah i mean not really like because it doesn't have to do it's more to do with your body temperatures so your metabolism right your metabolism and your pulses that's how you check it at uh, 30 minutes after eating it should be a little bit elevated um you want to get your temperatures closer to 98 throughout the day 97.6 when you wake up 98 by the end of the day because that shows you're using food as fuel throughout the day you want your temperatures to go up but oftentimes it actually is going down and so that's why we're having stomach acid issues that's why we're having more illnesses that's why we're having all of these hormonal skin acid things happening in our bodies. so not so much pH, that is important, but I think it's way too much of a marketing thing that's happening right now, like pH water and all these things. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm like, it's too much tuna. Like, please put it away. Like, we just got to get back to the normal basics of getting our organs to function optimally, not demonizing the world that we currently live in. Like, we just have to figure out a way.
1: Yeah. So what would you tell people to help them get back in? I know the free, and by the way, I said, mm-hmm. did, I, did I miss the last E? What's your, what's the last E?
2: Evolution. It becomes a lifestyle thing. So going out to eat, knowing how to support yourself, doing that whole kind of thing. Okay,
1: okay. Gotcha. So what would you tell people nutrition-wise? Like, because we work on the mind, so, you know, how would you holistically then finish that with now we're in nutrition? What can people do to naturally start to make themselves feel better?
2: So the biggest thing is figure out your nutrition routine before you start anything. This is the most common issue I see. We either go long periods of time without eating, fasting, um, or we go and we're eating all day because we're working from home and we're grazing and we're picking on our kids' snacks and we're passing through the kitchen and we're just grabbing one chocolate-covered almond, but it doesn't count. And we're doing all these kind of things, and we're (laughs) passing through. But all of this, like your body, has to break down the food no matter how many calories you're having in a day it has to break down food and then when we're going long periods of time if you already have hormonal issues gut issues acid reflux skin all if you have something right your body is already showing you like and asking you to slow down nourish it and show it love and so when you're going long periods of time even though i know it helps with symptoms you're actually stressing the body out more which flaring up that enteric nervous system which is pushing the blood into the places you don't want to go when all you need to do is get into a nutrition routine think back to when you were a kid right Mm -hmm. or if you have kids your kid wakes up they have breakfast they go to school they have a snack they go to lunch they have a they have lunch they go run around they play then they have another snack then they come home they have dinner you know and it's on this routine and if you've ever been around a kid that skips a snack they're not happy. Like it is not a vibe when it, when you're I used to be a kindergarten teacher, like if my kids missed snack time because we were even like ten minutes late, oh, my goodness, like it was not yes. fun for us. Um, it's the same thing for us, and our body does that. And so oftentimes people are like, "Well, don't you have to fast to heal the gut? No, that's called the mitigated function. You're fasting while you sleep. It's eight ish hours. And then you're fasting the three to four hours, which is enough time for that clean sweep to come through, clean out. Get the, get the organs all ready and prepped for other foods, and then it moves on to the next thing. And when your body doesn't have to guess when its next meal is, because sometimes you're eating and sometimes you're not, it, it kills the stress levels. And so the one recommendation I can give you beyond like eat your fish and get your organ meats and do all that kind of stuff, like figure out how frequently are you eating and give yourself rest during those times. Like on average, people are eating 16 times a day, 16. Because it counts if you pick up that almond and put it in your mouth, like you're still having to use your digestive tract. Give it three to four hours, let it clean itself, and then stick to that routine as closely as you can. I know life comes up, but like within like an hour wiggle room and you'll notice how quickly your brain is just, it's like rocket fuel. I'm not like, it's bananas. how quickly your energy catches up to it and how like those hangry levels start to decrease and how the cravings start to decrease it's like you get the ebbs and flows of your life back and then you get to you know not be so stressed and then you can start to focus on like you know the organ meats and the you know not so sexy foods i talk about quite often but like just figure out that routine
0: when you talked about being able to change your your body's you know ecosystem in 72 hours or 76 hours is that part of it yeah. So that the cool thing regularly? the cool thing about the bacteria in your body is
2: within 72 hours, it's like Pac-Man comes in, eats the bad bacteria, poops out. It's not like your IBS is fixed in 72 hours. No, but it starts to work in that direction. And so just as like a lot of people will be like, well, I've been this way for so long. Like I might as well not try. Like it's going to take so long. Like don't let that defeat you. It's 72 hours. It starts to make changes and really work on that. It's going to take time for however long you've been in this state. But it's not unfixable. Like no one is stuck. No one is broken. It, it evolves over time within as quickly as 72 hours. Wow. I'm
0: How many, sorry. How yeah. many hours before bed did
2: you stop eating? So I only do an hour because you are fasting. Um, for anyone that's healing, we it, usually something that is higher in fatter protein. So I'll do like Greek yogurt with some berries like to get through. Um, or some ice cream some days when I'm feeling cheeky but to get through the get through the evening because your liver it does have to detox it but if you're already in survival mode and you're fasting for this amount of time your liver is going to have to go to gluconeogenesis and it has to produce its own levels of glucose and sugar so if you're someone that's like waking up at 3 or 4 a.m it's usually because your blood sugar levels dropped and so i would recommend eating closer if you want to have a stack or something to get through the evening to balance everything out so you wake up in the morning again, balance back out again. But around an hour or so. It's amazing. Yeah.
1: Jesus. <laughs> um I think we need to sizzle first. Yeah, and let's then... sizzle.
0: I have more questions.
1: Okay. Well then okay. hold tight. Um hold on. Sizzling. <laughs> <laughs> It's more to fix your hair, Laura. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Why we? Or have a sip. Um, What about people who, in the morning, are just naturally not hungry? And they wake up, have a glass of water with lemon juice, and then, you know, go do their meditation and then maybe have a smoothie a couple of hours later, or a couple cups of coffee. Gee,
1: Emma, it sounds like you're talking about somebody else.
0: <laughs> It's not me. It's just. I mean, I go through phases, right? But I, I'm, yeah. I'm not hungry in the morning, and so yeah.
2: So that that is a big thing, and I get that question a lot because people are like, "Aren't you supposed to be like intuitively eating and not eat when you're not hungry?" Um, it's a stress response, and our microbiome has a circadian rhythm that it's been stuck on. So if you've never been a breakfast person and this has been something you've been doing for a lifetime, of course, like it, it's going to be something you have to adjust to. And I usually just recommend start out with like a easy to digest. Fruit, like have a banana or something just to get it going. Like, I'm not saying you have to wake up and make an omelet with like 18 hash browns on the side. Like, you're going to be bloated in that sense. It's working your way up. So, when I first started out, because I used to be someone that would fast for 20 hours, like, I was
1: stupid. Um,
2: (laughs) so it was like, I would be like, oh, I'm just not hungry, not realizing I'm in like a stress response state and really just, you know, letting my anxiety run the show. And so I also had the fear of like, I'm doing this because I don't want to gain weight, even though in my mind, I knew I needed to. But if you want to heal, truly, truly heal, you got to do the inner work of understanding. It's not about gaining weight. You probably will lose weight because your body's going to lose inflammation and get back into balance, but eat something that is just small, like have a banana just to get your body into rhythm. But you like the biggest thing as well is if your body is healing, you do not want to have coffee first. Like you are stressing your adrenals out to like no degree in that sense. So if you already have like anxiety and you already have these issues and you're just injecting yourself with caffeine on an empty stomach, like it doesn't,
0: and this is particular to people who suffer from IBS, right? Yeah. And anxiety. And, and in you yeah. don't have any of the IBS symptoms and you're just not hungry till eleven or twelve.
2: That's I mean that's a stress response. That's your body is Would you a, have that's, a same thing. Yeah, that's a stress response. Even if you're
0: pooping three times a day and you're loving life. <laughs>
2: I mean, if you're like the healthiest person that there, I don't really know anyone that's (laughs) super. I know I'm like I don't know anyone that's super healthy and doesn't have like hormonal issues or detox issues or skin issues or mood issues. Impossible. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like I really don't think that's possible. You know, we just kind of get into these swings of things, and I'm like, is that a habit or is it like?
0: you know not like oh that's just me like you were saying No, I exactly like
2: that. exactly that's it is it is such it's the one thing every time i bring this up to people they're like but i'm not hungry and i'm like i know just do it anyways
0: <laughs> yeah seems
2: counterintuitive
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, because we're telling people to intuitively follow your body and then we're saying but you know even if you're not hungry then you should still eat in the
0: morning that's yeah I think it depends on their symptoms and the issues going on and their whole relationship with food as well. Exactly. Okay.
1: We have some ladies here to ask questions, but Emma, did you have more questions you wanted to ask?
0: I wanted to know so many questions, but let's bring the three ladies on. So we're working so many questions. I can't keep you on for two hours. Um, But, you know, maybe I'll just call you for a consult. Um, Uh, the three ladies we're working with, uh, Erica, Tina, and Rachel, are going to hop on, and they're going to be your VIP guests and ask you all sorts of poop-related questions. I love yeah, it.
1: So we are doing a, I'm not sure if you're, how familiar you are, but we're doing a, is it 16-week challenge? I always forget if it's 16 or 18 weeks. 16, 16 weeks um, total transformation package for them, and they're kind enough to do it live, for everyone to see their wow. ups and they're downs
0: such inspiration.
1: Yeah, and the things that they're going through and the progress that they're making is amazing, but they also have, you know, these issues I'm sure that they would love to pick your brain on. So, without further ado, we have Rachel and I want to make sure that they're there cuz their cameras are not on.
0: Rachel Tina, Erica wake up.
1: Here's Erica. We'll talk to her first. Hello. Welcome,
0: um, Erica. Nice to see you. you Here's too. Rachel.
1: Hi, Rachel. Hello, Rachel. hello. Welcome
0: I'm here. Show.
1: Hold on. Let me put Laura <laughs> in the hot seat. There you go.
0: Okay.
2: I love that like. You guys
0: cool. have Laura to yourselves to ask questions. Do you guys have any
1: questions you wanted to ask them?
0: Yeah, I have a question. I'm wondering
1: what your opinion is on supplements
2: for gut health. What specific supplements? Um, I think I've heard a lot about ashwagandha. Okay, yeah, ashwagandha is more like hormone balancing, and it helps also with cortisol level and stress response. So it's more of for like your brain to then calm down your gut as opposed to really being like a probiotic kind of vibe and healing and sealing it but i mean it helps with your response to stress and adapting to it but when it comes to ashwagandha and things like that you're only supposed to do them for like six weeks and then you do want to take periods and breaks in between them i see people just like loading up on them for their whole journey and it really it doesn't work that way so you do want to make sure you go off of it and back on of it again
1: Is there
2: anything you recommend to someone who's starting on balancing their gut health? Um, Supplements, I don't really feel comfortable talking about when it's not a client personally. Um, Generally, when I'm talking to someone, it's like just making sure your body's getting its basic needs. But the way I do that with clients is, you know, making sure they're having oysters once a week, making sure they're taking Brazil nuts, making sure they're having fatty fish twice a week, like making sure you're using real foods what about
0: vegetarians
2: (laughs) i'm not your person to work with
0: (laughs) okay this is great very enlightening (laughs) rachel at least she's honest (laughs) absolutely absolutely but do you recommend supplements for vegetarians because there are fish
2: oil supplements. Yes, but the thing with fish oil supplements because it's such a concentrate concentrated form again, if you actually like the research on that is you're only supposed to take it for 6 months and that's really for only mood disorders because if you take it for too long, it becomes a polyunsaturated fat which then actually adds more inflammation to your body over time and overrides again your liver, your pancreas, your gallbladder, things like that. So I not my cup of tea it's not your thing what
0: about probiotics just
2: yeah probiotics um making sure that again you want to do the research on it because a lot of the stuff is just crap out there um i have an article it's so old i probably have to update it but it teaching you how and what to look for when you are looking for a probiotic and what strains you want to make sure because i've seen people where because of they've taken probiotics, they then gave themselves SIBO, they've then given them um, histamine intolerances, which actually is often the root of histamine intolerances is is override of the liver, and then it gives them copper um, insufficiently into their body. Like it's this whole mess up thing. So really don't just like go willy nilly. The ones I like for probiotics is silver silver fern. they're spore-based. It's well-researched. They have good survivability. It gets to your gut.
0: But again, you want to make sure based off of where you're at in your health, that it's the right one. So you're, what you're saying essentially is that we can a hundred percent heal ourselves with food. Yeah. That's with what we eat when we eat.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only supplement I take currently is, um, beef liver because I don't like to eat it because it tastes like butt. <laughs> But it's <laughs> not to eat,
1: okay. but it's
2: actually desiccated liver from like well-researched, uh, organically all that kind of stuff. I know, but that's the only one that I do take, and then my probiotic. But I, again, I cycle through probiotics every ninety days because your gut can get into like homeostasis, so you want to have. Because even with like digestive enzymes or anything like that, your body is going to get adapted to using that. So it's not going to end up repairing itself. So you want to give it a break and kind of balance back and forth any supplement that you're taking. But there are things like when I first started out, like I don't want to override supplements and things like that. It's just they're meant to be used as a stepping stone but then you want to get off of them eventually you know like i had to take like when i was moving out of my apartment in bangkok like my entire cabinet looked like i was a walk-in pharmacy and i needed that at the time you know at certain elements of where i was at in my journey but eventually you got to trust yourself that you've done enough work to come off of them and that's usually it is we get so gung-ho and clinging to them where this is the only thing that's going to keep me healthy but really if you've been doing it correctly your body can heal itself
1: over time
0: i love that it's fascinating. Anyone else have a question for Laura?
1: Um, so I was just wondering. I know you mentioned um, about how IBS, like if it's affecting your life, like you don't even go out anymore. But are there different like levels of it? Can you have like not so severe? Yes. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> that's yeah. worst case. That's yeah. Worst that's, case. that's that's yeah. worst case. Like for who okay. call Laura right now.
2: <laughs> that's like we need to get you on some imodium and get things going so you're digesting food again. But um, right. There, like for me, it didn't impact my life where I didn't go out until I wasn't listening long enough, but I was only going once a week. So I just felt gross. You know, like I felt bloated. I felt so heavy. Eventually I realized my body wasn't taking in food. So like I got skin rashes in weird places and I started seeing other health issues arise, but that was because I wasn't eliminating toxins, which meant my body was just taking them back in. So it could be things like that. It could be, you have a laundry list of food sensitivities, it could be you have crazy amounts of acid reflux or GERD or things like that. Like it's things that it it won't leave you crippled in your house. You know, it's just these silent. And that's why it's like one of those silent things that people feel so isolated in because the no, person next to you doesn't know that your heart feels like it's like coming out of your throat right now. You know, like you're just like, excuse me for a second. And you remove yourself, you know. So but those are the extreme cases when it's like, I can't leave my house. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: What about flatulence? Just like you just
2: fart a lot. Oh my god, that was like the worst thing for me when I was a teacher, and I would blame it on the kids.
0: <laughs> oh my god, you were like prop
1: dusting everybody, and just yeah, walking around. because yes. I couldn't like get oh it under god, control
2: at all. It was one of those things because it's like, oh, I thought it was like again, didn't question it, but now looking back at it in hindsight, you're like, girl not normal not yeah. normal you should not be blaming that on two-year-olds like what is wrong with you
0: yeah when you're in the supermarket and you kind of stick your butt in the clothing rack wrap- yeah, you're, like, <laughs> you're like okay just oh like bye <laughs> so yeah,
1: then yeah. what what would is there like a normal amount of gas that people are supposed to release a day
2: i mean i'm sure there's like a number that is not actually locked in my brain because i didn't find yeah. it like important but <laughs> but like yeah. yes you you know like sometimes you're gonna fart and that's fine, but you like know, you it, eat a certain vegetable, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah broccoli. I know I'm gonna fart. Like it's, a cruciferous vegetable, they're harder to digest. Yeah, you know, or like beans. Yeah, beans, legumes, peanuts, peanut butter. Like they're harder to digest. That makes sense. But it's when you're like sitting in a classroom, blaming toddlers, and like hiding, like and doing it all the time, and like
1: yeah,
2: you have know, to sit there being like, this probably isn't normal. That's probably yeah.
0: yeah. But, yeah. Okay. And are, they, like, are your farts supposed to smell if you're healthy? Depends on
2: what you're eating. When it gets to be chronic, it's like it, it really d- laughing,
0: but is this a symptom if you have really like yes. cat-smelling farts? Are yeah. you dying inside? It's, it's
2: oh. over time. So sometimes you're going to have like wet and dry and airy and stinky. And sometimes they're not. And sometimes they're like, ooh. No one smelled that, but when it becomes like a chronic state of like this is not okay. Like your
0: nose hairs burns from yeah, the yeah. 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 Like, like this is, is not, it's, it's usually because there's there.
2: like um, it's rotting in your colon, right? Like it, it's oh, stuck there. Yeah. It's stuck there. So, so yeah, that's a, that's a valid question. <laughs>
1: So then so, how do you get it out? That's <laughs> what yeah.
2: I mean, you call me, we set up a consultation. Um, <laughs> unless you're a vegetarian, you can't call me. Yeah, so. I mean, no, I've worked with, it's just vegetables, they're hard to digest and there's certain things we can't really get. But um, it is- Is tofu digestible? It is, but nowadays the tofu on the market is so in- impacted with different kinds of preservatives and things, it's not like what you would get from Japan. You know, that it's it's more of what the additives are than
0: that makes it hard to the do. actual yeah.
2: Which yeah, is really tofu is.
0: probably isn't the
1: best anymore with probably like everyone trying to make it have taste and exactly chemicals in it. Exactly.
0: What, what about your pee Like does your if your urine has a certain color or odor, could that be IBS? Does that That's do more dehydration? Work? Okay.
2: That's more dehydration. And a lot of times, like even with hydrate, I was actually just having this discussion today with someone where it's like, for example, I went and I got, they have these like new tests where like you can get your blood drawn live. So oftentimes it'll be dead by the time it looks in it. So they did it under the scope and they they're like, you are so severely dehydrated. And I was like, I, do you know how much water I drink. Like, are you bananas? And it's because I was overhydrating and not replenishing myself with like pink Himalayan salt or cream of Tatar or adding in coconut water and things like that. So you can actually end up dehydrating yourself by overhydrating yourself, which is why Stop I often it. I know. Which is yeah. why I have my clients do um pink Himalayan salt inside of their water. Because now we have the recycled water where it's like it's just drowning you, essentially. Not to freak out. I know there's so many things on the market which can be overwhelming, but just a little tidbit of advice. Just add pink salt. Like, don't be overwhelmed by that. Just yeah, add pink salt. How much of it?
0: Whoa, if you're going to say that, tell us how much because... Yeah, yeah I'm about, about to get it. it. You so end up with so so You know,
2: like a teaspoon. You don't want to taste it. Like, you don't want to make it taste like the ocean. It's just a teaspoon, and you, like, shake it up, and then it's fine. Okay. Yeah.
0: That's so interesting. Yeah. And so oh. your pea if it's really oh, yeah. yellow, let's go back to the pee. Yeah, the pee is, it's really yellow if you're
2: dehydrated. Or if you take, like, iron supplements, that'll turn your pee yellow. Um, if you're having, if you, like, start a new regimen of supplements and your pee starts to get a little stinky or a different color, it's that that is now being excreted from you and your body doesn't actually want it. Um, but if you're not taking anything new and you're just sipping water and thinking what that is then maybe add some pink salt because you might be just dehydrating yourself are
0: there certain sorry are there certain types of drinks that would irritate your gut like orange juice first thing in the morning is that do you like not recommend acidic things like people who have grapefruit in the morning
2: no i do actually i actually one of the things i recommend to have daily is an adrenal cocktail which is um, orange juice, cream of tartar, and pink Himalayan salt, because that helps to actually calm down your nervous system and calm your adrenals down so you can get through the day when you have high yeah. stressful days. That's amazing. Yeah. And oh, vitamin C. So a lot of things when we're in a chronic state of stress and anxiety is electrolytes, potassium, magnesium, vitamin C. Um, so we can replenish. You can do it with like coconut water as well if you don't like orange juice. Um, but orange juice, again, vitamin C or like a good quality lemonade. And then just add cream of tartar, add a little bit of pink Himalayan salt, mix it up, drink it down. Down
1: the tree. That's amazing. Yeah. Tina, did you
0: have a question?
1: Tina's not here.
0: Oh, <laughs> I was like, is Tina here? Did I steal her question? I can't see my phone. It's four feet away. Um, Tina, if you have a question, you can type it in. I know she's hyping us up. But what does the cream of Tartar do? I can't say it in English. Tartar. <laughs>
2: tartar. It's, it's, tartar. Pota- it's the potassium. So you just add that in.
1: Where do you get cream of Tartar? tartar. The I ordered mine wet. on
2: Amazon. In the baking aisle. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's just a white powder. I really have no idea what else you would use it for. When you make cream of tatar
1: sauce
2: uh, did you actually
0: use it when you make angel food cake
2: really mm-hmm learn something and
0: certain meringues like swiss swiss buttercream really rice. uh-huh I've that's why it says it. the baking aisle because yeah,
1: I just, yeah. <laughs> huh and you're supposed to put it in a drink and that helps you
2: yeah so you want to mix it with like something that's high in vitamin c and electrolytes um and that's why you can do it with coconut water. You can do it with lemonade. You can do it with, it's most often you'll see orange juice. You can even nowadays, you'll find the little pre mixes for it. It's called an adrenal cocktail mix. And you just mix that with water. Um, but I mean, I just ordered mine off of Amazon and then mix it with orange juice and call it a day. That's you amazing. use it to
1: make homemade Play-Doh as well.
0: Really? Oh, great. <laughs> okay. It's See the things learn Flip the Script? Yeah. My God. Okay. <laughs> Insane. Tell me, what does mindfulness have to do with your gut health, body, mind, soul connection? All of it.
2: All of it. it the biggest thing that I've learned along the way and what I say to my students and clients are just, you can't be at war with your body and win or your life around you and win. Like it just does not work. How you get anywhere is how you stay anywhere. So if you get yourself to the perfect part of your life, but you hated getting there and you hated it and you didn't take care of yourself, you did it all the wrong way, like you're going to hate being there too, you know? And so we have to work, like in my company, it's a triangle, it's like our vibe. And the bottom part of the triangle is the mindset work. Because we don't touch on that, the other two, the nutrition lifestyle, it doesn't even matter it's not going to stick
0: i yeah. love that
1: that's, that's my motto it's the worst yeah because diets get you there mm-hmm. and then what mm-hmm. you know you you hate it every second of it and then you're expected to maintain that weight there's no way
2: exactly yeah. and then you let your like shadow sister come in and she's telling you how weak you are and how you need more control and this that, and the other thing and it's like what if you cheered yourself the whole way to getting here. Yeah. What if it was fun? And like, maybe it took you a little bit longer, but if health became the context yeah. of your life, do you yeah. know how much easier that is to stay in that? Like maybe- get like curious. Day- I love exactly. Get
0: curious, play with it, make it a game, challenge yourself because you want to
2: exactly and it's one of those things that like some days it's not going to be so hot you know like some days you're going to go get some spicy margs and you're going to eat some tacos (laughs) and you're going to do your damn thing and then the next day you wake up and you go on a walk and you get back on it because that's still in the context of being healthy within your life Mm
1: -hmm. you know you're
2: allowed this wiggle room it's supposed to be fun yeah
1: so what do you tell people that calorie
2: calorie counting Mm Mm-hmm. I don't touch on that because most of the women that I work with, I mean, we attract the people we used to be, you know? So most people that come to me have a history of an eating disorder and are looking to heal their guts. And when it comes to healing our gut, women that have worked with me, it's usually they're in such a deficit and they're eat way under eating because they have avoidant intake disorder um, that it's it's going the other direction. And it's more so like we need to not focus on calories, we need to focus on nutrients you know, focus on these kind of things, and it's so hard because, like, we've all been on diets since we were like ten. Like, it's it's yeah. one of those things that I look at a banana, I know how many calories are in that. I look at something Great. like I can weigh it in my head, yeah. and it's like we get to a point, and so it really is. That's why mindset again is the foundation mm-hmm. because you got to put health over weight always, and if you're already sick, you got to kind of override that a little bit.
0: There's a book out there, Brain Maker, my aunt gave it to me a a few years ago, and it touches a lot about the, you know, the brain-gut connection for, you know, other issues and disorders like ADHD and Mm -hmm. so much more. Do you believe that, that that can help? 100%. Okay.
2: 100%. You see it a lot now in school system. Um, You'll see, like, a lot of people write kids off as having ADHD when really they just have a sugar high like if you look at how the school system so frustrating if if we look at that like they'll have a birthday party in period one and then a celebratory pizza party in think in class two and then they have their snacks that like the school gives them and provides them and that's just like a bun filled with cream like it's it's this whole thing that no your kid doesn't have adhd your kid is just on a sugar high because the school system isn't tracking that they've been
0: celebrating in each class. And he's being age appropriate.
2: Yeah, like, and and they're allowed to be wild and fun and be the cute little emotional beings that they're allowed to be. Like, that's the point we need to learn from them. Like, you know, but there is, there's a lot of studies. There's even when it comes to like autism, that's a big one. Um, That's even how like the keto diet came about was to help with, or not autism, schizophrenia. it, really? Yeah, it helps with that. that that's, that's how it started. Um, it, it starves out the bad bacteria and things like that. And that's why I'm like, you know, if you don't have schizophrenia, that's why like we shouldn't be playing around with that one. Like that is where that came to be. Or, you know, they're talking about fecal transplants with kids yes. with autism. Oh my God, um, I've heard of it's, it's a whole thing that's happening right now. And it just shows how impactful our microbiome is on our brain. Otherwise, these studies wouldn't be happening, you know?
0: (laughs)
1: Uh, I have shows everywhere. We have one more minute. Tell people where they can find you and how they can find you.
0: Yeah,
2: I am most active over on Instagram, which is it's Laura Patricia Martin is mine. And then my company one is Healing to Happy. And you'll probably get a message from me or my team going, hi. Um, (laughs) And then from there, you'll see we have any master classes going on? If we have any programs, like right now, we have got Recharge program open. What free panels I have going on? Because when I started out, all I could do was learn from this stuff. So I really like to do that at least once a month. Um, and then from there, you can just I love hang it. out. And say yeah.
0: Hello, do the thing, Laura. Thank you so much. And anyone thank who's watching, you. thank you for being here. And all of Laura's information, her links to social media, her website, will be on our Facebook page, on Instagram, and on our website. We're so grateful for you.
1: Thank you. And ladies, thanks for coming on. Take care, guys.
0: Bye. Have a great night.